Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Today on Health Suites, we look at the possibility of a twindemic. While we are still dealing with COVID 19, we are also entering into the flu season here in Singapore, which traditionally peaks between December and February. What does that mean, particularly for the more vulnerable elderly? We are joined by Dr. John Cheng, Head of Primary Care and Family Physician at Healthway Medical Group, to explore this. Coming up next on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Money FM 89.3. This is Health Suites. I'm Clarissa Montero. On the phone with me, Dr. John Cheng. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Clarissa. Hi, everybody. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, you know, I think all of us were a little bit concerned about when the rainy season started to come towards the end of the year, would COVID-19 have gone away? Now, obviously, COVID-19 hasn't gone away. And we are coming into what is traditionally our monsoons. So is there a danger of us going, you know, having to deal with both at the same time? I think that's absolutely correct, right? So I think COVID-19 has dominated our lives for most of this year. So it's very easy to forget, you know, other infectious diseases like flu mm-hmm. are still present, pre- uh, present in the ongoing pandemic, right? So the concern now is we might be facing a twindemic. So that means the convergence of ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and with the upcoming flu seasons. Traditionally, this won't be a typical flu season like the previous year we had to handle not only the transmission of influenza, but also COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So which would further strain the already stretched healthcare systems that we are having now. But furthermore, you know, because of influenza and COVID-19 share very similar symptoms, fever, cough and fatigue. So it'll be difficult to distinguish between the two as they circulate sim- simultaneously. So other cause for concern is the possibility of contracting both the disease at the same time. So, which is very likely among the high-risk individuals, and this could greatly increase the fatality rates. I see what you're saying. Okay, so because the symptoms are quite similar, there there is a danger that we might think, oh, it's just a flu, and maybe not go in and get treated as quickly, get tested for COVID-19 until it gets a bit more serious. And, you know, old people tend to do that anyway. They don't like to go see the doctor. Yes, you're right. You know, but I think one of the positives spill over from the effect of COVID-19 mm-hmm. is that, you know, there, there, there is actually an increased awareness and interest in safeguarding our overall health and, and well-being. So interestingly, we have seen a 40% increase in people getting flu vaccines in August and September compared to same period 2019. And we have also received more inquiries about the vaccines um, since November 2019. And the trend has continued throughout this year. Right? So I, I, I guess it's a welcome sign that you know, more people are adopting proactive measures to, to protect themselves against the vaccine-preventable illness. Okay, let's talk about our elderly. They're already more vulnerable to COVID-19. And as a society, we are doing everything practically that we can do to protect them would making sure that they are vaccinated for the current flu season be something that we can do as well yes we, we should definitely do it you know so what we can do is to raise more awareness and educate the elderly on how they can best protect themselves against 
the, the health risk from twindemic. You know, um, so apart from encouraging the elderly, um, we need to educate the family also, right? So get the family to persuade the, the grandparents, for instance, um, to encourage, encourage them to get vaccinated, to strengthen their immunities. And then we also recommend even healthy individuals um, to get themselves vaccinated because this will greatly reduce the chances of spreading um, an infectious disease to the loved ones around us, especially the more vulnerable elderly. You know, um, so this can be said to more people getting vaccinated and more well-protected those around them will be and safer our community can become. Okay, now we're talking about vaccinating against the common garden variety flu. Now, in previous years, we've talked about it because uh, every year the, the flu shot is slightly different. And the question always is, is there enough flu vaccine for everyone in Singapore? Right, so that's a very good question. Right? So I think um, last year, since last year, the Northern Hemisphere, there were a global shortage of flu vaccination. So the vaccines actually ran out you know, um, even before Chinese New Year. Right. But um, I think this year we are fairly prepared. You know, we have plenty of stocks in terms of Northern Hemisphere uh, flu vaccinations mm-hmm. this year. So I don't think you need to be worried about running out of stock. Okay, so all of us can can get one if if we want one. And what you're saying is we should get one. Yes, everybody should get one. You know, and especially Singapore is progressing into phase three of reopening, with more social activities and air travel gradually resuming. You know, so there are many other reasons to believe that flu incidents may increase in the community. Um, so together with the twin damage situation, so it makes it very important for us to get all flu shots now. Right. Okay. We're speaking with Dr. John Cheng, Head of Primary Care and Family at Healthway Medical Group. Are there misconceptions surrounding vaccines that we should address? I think there are a couple. I'll just name out a few common ones. Mm-hmm. You know, the common ones are, you know, a vaccine is an artificial infection. You know, they don't want to be vaccinated because they don't want to introduce the, the vaccine to their body. Right, so which is true in a way, um, but for, while vaccines do contain these viruses, but it's either killed or weakened to a point that don't, they don't normally make you sick anymore. And um, the, the good thing is having a vaccination rather than catching a natural disease is natural disease can be very severe. Right, so it can have severe complications like pneumonia, like heart failure, and meningitis. Right, so that's something that we do not want to go through. And a lot of people were asked, uh, after the vaccination, am I able to continue with my housework or exercise or even taking a shower? Mm-hmm. You know, while a vaccine, they do have side effects, um, causing a bit of muscle aches, a bit of lethargic, but it does not affect your performance to do your daily activities whatsoever. And there are no health risks of doing housework or exercise after receiving a vaccination or even shower. Right. Okay. So you can you can basically get vaccinated against the flu, the current flu for the northern hemisphere, and then just go about the rest of your day as per normal. That's right. So within your pain tolerance, you know, so it's very common to have a bit of muscle ache here and there. Sure. But you you should continue to carry out your normal activities. All right. Now let's go back to our elderly and our, our more vulnerable. You're saying definitely get the the flu shot. 
are there any other vaccinations we should be looking at for them as well to, to just protect them as well as we can? Right. So another uh, very important vaccination that the elderly should have will be the pneumonia, the pneumococcal vaccines. Pneumonia. So as we know, pneumonia is one of the uh, leading cause of death um, in, in elderly. Right? Mm-hmm. So pneumonia is something that we want to prevent. And the good news is, you know, um, for elderly, for anyone more than 65 years old, actually Singaporeans or even PRs, they can use their uh, Medisafe to pay for the pneumococcal uh, vaccinations. Oh, okay. That's good news. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. So, so that's a good news. So that will greatly reduce your out-of-pocket payments. All right. Now, I, I'm curious because I don't know anything about the, the pneumonia vaccination. Like the flu shot, is it different every year? Do you have to take it every year if you, if you start taking it? Right. So unlike the flu vaccination, which will be slightly different between the northern and southern and different um, every year, mm-hmm. pneumonia vaccine is uh, most of the time we go once um, a lifetime. Right. So unless if you are more than 65 years old, we do two doses. Yeah. So I think if you can... So it depends on your medical um, histories and backgrounds also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can discuss with your doctor to advise more on um, what um, pneumonia vaccines you should take. I see. So this is not an annual jab. You, It's a once-in-a-lifetime jab? Correct, correct. It's not an annual jab. That, that's good. So one-time inconvenience and, and that's, that's it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's why we strongly recommend anyone with, you know, uh, respiratory uh, conditions like asthma or, or heart problems or anyone more than 65 or even diabetic patient to go for pneumonia vaccines. Okay. Now, other than our elderly, I was going to ask you, are there other people who are vulnerable and should be vaccinated? Okay, I mean, you said everyone should get the flu shot, but you know everyone's not going to get the flu shot. So who really should get the flu shot? Should our children get it? Should should those of us who are suffering from things like asthma or, or heart disease, should we be really seriously thinking about it? All right. So that's a very good question. Right? So it's, the top, it's actually top priority, especially for the vulnerable group in the community. Mm-hmm. Right? So those will include children aged between six months and five years old, pregnant, pregnant mothers, uh, so individuals with chronic illness like lung, like asthma, like heart conditions or kidney problems or even diabetic um, patients. Mm-hmm. And then even healthcare workers or caregivers who are, give, who are providing care to high-risk patients. All, all these uh, vulnerable groups should be vaccination. Okay, now I think a lot of pregnant women would be a little bit more concerned, oh, I don't want to take a jab because, you know, I'm pregnant, I don't want to do anything to endanger my, my child. Is the flu shot safe for them? Right, so flu shots are actually very safe for pregnant women and it's recommended by the WHO and recommended by a lot of different governing bodies. All the pregnant women should have flu uh, flu, uh, vaccination. Right. This is to actually protect, right, because study has suggested that after you deliver, right, the first three to six months, that's the most vulnerable for your babies. And the babies within six months, they cannot receive any vaccination. So what do they do? Their immunity all are purely dependent on mothers, right? 
So when you vaccinate a pregnant woman, the antibodies, the immunity will pass on to your infant, and that will provide them the the the, the immunity for the first six months. Right. So it's the opposite of of things that mothers might be worried about. It's actually good that you get the jab. Yes, it is actually good to protect the infant. Right. Okay. Now. We've talked about all the people that should get the vaccination. Is there any medical condition or any group who shouldn't get a vaccination? Maybe the vaccination is a bad idea for them. I mean, it, it, it all actually depending on the vaccination that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because different vaccines, they, they do come with different um, components and that can affect you differently. Right. So as a general rule of thumb, you know, the individual with compromised immune uh, systems, Maybe you want to consult and, and wait before you're getting vaccinated. People with patients with ongoing sickness or ongoing infections, or if you, if you do have history of severe allergic reaction to any of the vaccines, maybe you want to consult your doctor before you go and vaccinated. Okay. So those are, yeah. Okay, so it's actually not a big group. It's, it's Yes, it, it is not a big group. You know, for most people, vaccines are very safe and cause very few negative effects. Okay, now before I let you go, doctor, what advice do you have for our vulnerable elderly or their caregivers? Your, this is your chance to drive home your message. Okay. Right, so so bef- besides you know, advising for the recommendation, recommended vaccinations, we need to encourage the elderly and the caregivers to continue practicing good personal hygiene, right? And take necessary precautions when going out, right? So I think we have been doing that for the whole year Mm -hmm. until now. And then we can actually see a drastic reduce in uh, even common flu, uh, reducing infection uh, in the frontline staff, you know, washing, uh, frequent hand washing, so avoid crowded places, um, practice, continue to practice safe distancing and yeah, so I think and most importantly, having a healthy diet and regular exercises, you know, to strengthen your overall physical health and immunity. I think all these are, you know, necessary to boost your immunities. All right. We've been speaking with Dr. John Cheng, Head of Primary Care and Family Physician at Healthway Medical Group, about the importance of vaccinations, not just amongst our vulnerable, but amongst all of us. Doctor, thank you for giving us the time. It's been very informative. Right. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I'm Clarissa Montero. This is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.